Welcome to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. I'm Dr. Glenn Kinkin, Senior Minister here at Centenary. My hope is that this podcast will give you some good news for your journey today. Our scripture lesson this morning comes from the letter to the Church of the Hebrews, chapter 5, verses 1 through 10. Here with me now the words of the Lord. Every high priest chosen from among mortals is put in charge of things pertaining to God on their behalf to offer gifts and sacrifices for their sins. He is able to deal gently with the ignorant and wayward since he himself is subject to weakness and because of this he must offer sacrifice for his own sins as well as for those of the people. And one does not presume to take this honor but takes it only when called by God just as Aaron was. So also Christ did not glorify himself by becoming a high priest, but was appointed by the one who said to him, You are my son. Today I have begotten you, as he says also in another place, You are a priest forever, in the order of Melchizedek. In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications, with loud cries and tears to the one who is able to save him from death and was heard because of his reverent submission. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered, and having been made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him, having been designated by God a high priest according to the order of Melchizedek. My friends, this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? O Lord, in the silence we hear you call our name. You do call us. May we have ears to hear. O Lord, you do speak to us. May we have hearts open to you. O Lord, we have souls yearning for the water of your Spirit. May we be filled until we are overflowing and go forth from this hour together, worshiping and praising you. May we go forth in this time, not just as hearers of your word, but as doers of your word. In your son's holy name we pray, amen. So invariably when some tragedy happens on a national scale, a global scale, or even down on the local scale, there's a press conference. And at that press conference, it generally starts off with our thoughts and prayers are with those who suffer. And then we proceed to get updates and the press asks these questions about what do you know, what did you learn, what's happening, what's the score, whatever's going on. And it usually ends with something along these lines of, and again, our thoughts and prayers are with those who suffer. I mean, you think about this, when there's a natural disaster like a fire or a hurricane or a flood or a tornado, we hear thoughts and prayers. When there's violence in our schools or in our communities or some other tragedy, we hear thoughts and prayers. Those that lead these press conferences, those officials, they say it. 
Maybe even we say it ourselves. Thoughts and prayers. And I believe that we mean it in our hearts. But the real question is, do we do it? Do we say our thoughts and prayers or do we say our thoughts and prayers and we actually pray about these issues? We pray about this tragedy. Do we pray like we mean it? Do we pray for change? Do we pray for help? Do we pray for healing? Do we pray for a solution? Do we pray for those who are suffering? See, in today's passage in Hebrews, the author is reminding the people that the role of the high priest is that they are called to be the one going to God on behalf of the people, that they are not perfect, that they were just called in that role, and that in their imperfection, they know truly the human condition. But then the author reminds us that Jesus is our great high priest, the one above reproach, the one who lived a perfect life and was made perfect by God and goes to God on our behalf. It says it there in verse 7, that Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to the one who was able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverence and submission. So as I think of that verse, as I was reading and preparing for this week, that verse 7, I think of Jesus in the wilderness. When it was time to begin his ministry after being baptized by John, to go in the wilderness for 40 days, and it was through prayer that he received strength and guidance. So that when the devil tempted him, he could say, get behind me, Satan. Or when Jesus was praying on the mountain after having fed the 5,000, after he told the disciples, he said, I'm going to stay here a while and pray. Go get in the boat, sail across the Sea of Galilee. I'll meet you later. Jesus stayed in the silence and listened for what was next. For the night in which he was betrayed, Jesus went to the garden with a heavy heart, torn asunder, crushed by the human condition. And remember, he prayed, and he prayed to the point that he was sweating blood. Father, take this cup from me. And then just a day later, on the cross, simple prayer, but it impacts each of us. Father, forgive them. See, Jesus, our great high priest, Jesus, our great high priest, taught us how to pray, taught us a model prayer, the Lord's Prayer that Virginia just saying, which, by the way, it's good to have you back with us. Taught us this prayer. And so we pray it, and it's this model for how all of our prayers should be constructed, whether we're praying the Lord's Prayer or any other prayer. But there's something else that Jesus taught us. He taught us how to pray, the intensity by which we pray, to pray with that intensity, to ask for the seemingly impossible, and to pray with confidence that God in heaven hears the utterances of our hearts, the words of our lips, that God is always listening to us. So when we say thoughts and prayers, Or when we go to God in prayer just on our own without having a tragedy to spawn it, 
Do we go to God with that same model, that same habit? Do we pray with intensity? Do we pray asking the impossible? Do we pray with a confidence that God is hearing our prayers? I mean, what I love about these images of Jesus praying is there was never any holding back. Jesus prayed with this fire, this intensity. It was, it was winner-take-all kind of prayer, and I love that about it. I mean, he was prayed very specifically. I still think about that image of Jesus in the garden praying so intently that he sweated blood. I mean, I sweat like a horse with any effort whatsoever, but to sweat and to pray that hard that you would sweat, period. But to pray where you would sweat blood... That's intense. That's specific prayer. Do we pray that way? I mean, think about how we pray. Do we pray with that kind of specificity? Do we pray over big things? Whether you have a job interview this week or you have a board meeting or you have, uh, you're doing, if you're doing corporate evaluations of your direct reports, if you're going into parent teacher conferences or having to have a difficult conversation, do you pray about those conversations with intensity or do you just get your your notes in a row and come barreling into the room taking care of business? Do we pray for specific people by name with specific concerns? Do we pray for our teachers as they go through the school year? Do you pray for your child's teacher that they have a good day, a good week, a good quarter? Do you give thanks that they help your child? Do we pray for our police, our fire, our first responders, that they would have a safe watch, that they would be able to go home without heavy hearts, without fear, without injury? Do we pray for a friend with a critical illness and pray that there is healing for that which vexes them? Do we pray for a family member who's going for a job interview? Do we pray over, say, our commitment to our church? I mean, this is stewardship season. You got your pledge card in the mail this week. I mean, you know, it's just a simple card, right? It's got blanks for you to fill out information, but do you pray about what you write on this card? Or do you sort of search through your notes for whatever you wrote last year and just copy the number down? Because when we pray over the card, we're praying over the gratitude for what God has given us, for what happens through the ministries of this church and what could happen when we return thanks with gratitude. But there's also a place to put on here to pray over how often we're going to pray for our church, how often we're going to gather and worship, how often... We're going to serve and how we're going to use our gifts. Do you pray over that? Because that's a big commitment. I mean, we stood in front of the church and we said we're going to support the church by our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service. Do we pray over how we're going to live into those membership vows? Do you open the paper, watch the news, and pray over what troubles our community. I mean, do we pray over hunger and poverty and homelessness? Do we pray over those things? Do we pray over violence? I mean, i got to tell you, I'm tired of reading about gunfire, about gangs, about violence. I'm tired of reading about fights and and the fear in our schools that our students have. I mean, when do we say enough is enough? 
Are we praying that it stops? Are we praying that there is a solution for this? Or do we just turn the page? Do we pray over the mental health for our youth and our college students? I mean, read about what's going on in the schools, what's going on on the college campuses. I mean, this is supposed to be the time of their lives. They shouldn't be anxious and worried about life. I mean, that's, that's something that maybe comes later, right? But they're stuck. They're suffering. Do we pray about that? Do we pray with a kind of intensity over these things where we almost want to sweat blood too because this is what vexing our lives? I think we can do that. I think we are the people that can do that. I've said this all the time that the church is God's greatest show for the world and you are the church. I think we can do that. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to grab your bulletin and I think it's on... What is it? Page six. Page six, there's a section called Sermon Notes. And we've been putting this in here for a while for you to write down great notes or whatever. I hope you're not making your grocery list up. Maybe you're drawing caricatures of me, whichever. But today, here's what I want you to do. Today, I want you to think for just a moment with me. Grab a pen, pencil, whatever you've got nearby. If you don't have one, if your neighbor's got one, bar theirs, they'll share, right? Because we like each other. What I want you to do is I want you to write down one thing. One person. One issue. One concern on your heart. Something that is really weighing heavy on you. Something that you want to pray about. I want you to write that down on that piece of paper. Again, it's a name. It's an issue. It's a concern. It's a meeting you've got coming up. Something that you're thinking about this week. Write that on there. And this afternoon, I want you to take this home. I want you to tear this out. And what I want you to do is I want you to tear it out and I want you to fold it up and put it in your wallet or your purse or your shirt pocket. But I want you to carry it with you every day this week. And sometime every day this week, I want you to take about 10 minutes, 10 minutes to yourself where you sort of block the world out, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's at the end of the day, whether it's in the carpool line at school, it doesn't matter where you find 10 minutes to yourself where you can just breathe and pull this piece of paper out and put it right in front of you. And I want you to look at that. I want you to look at that piece of paper and I want you to intently pray over what it is that you have written down there. And those of you at home, you can do this. You don't have to have a bulletin, get a scrap piece of paper. You can do this as well. If you happen not to have a pen with you, don't miss the opportunity later today to do that. But I want you to write this down. I want you to pray over it intently. But as you pray, I want you to think about what, how Jesus prayed. Not just intently. Remember, Jesus also asked the impossible. Because with God, the impossible is possible. I mean, we know this. I mean, we have all these theological cliches. And the great thing about cliches is a lot of times they're true. It's just a simple way of truncating big points. For example, God doesn't just call the equipped. God equips the called. God will find a way. God gives us strength. 
God has the power. You know, these cliches are great, but they're important because they remind us. So what I want you to do while you've got your piece of paper with you and you're looking at that name or that issue or that thing that you written down there, I want you to think about this. What do you dare ask God about that situation? What is it that you dare ask God? Do you ask God for the wisdom for a right decision in a tough dilemma? Are you asking God the faith to step out and commit beyond anything you could ever imagine to do beyond what you think you could ever do? Do you ask God for the strength to be resolved to live your faith every day? To ask God to seek a real change in the world around you and that thing that's really vexing you or vexing the world? Or ask God to show you a solution to a problem you've been having. Name it. Name that thing that you want to ask God. And right there beside that name or that issue, write that out there because that's your prayer. Not only are you praying for whatever name you wrote here, you now know what you're praying for specifically. The impossible is possible. And Jesus asked God the impossible all the time because Jesus knew that God who created the universe can do anything. Can move mountains, part the waters, raise the dead. Forgive us of our sins. Name it. Knowing that the possible, the impossible is possible with God. What I loved about Jesus' prayers is that Jesus prayed knowing that God listened. Jesus prayed having a conversation with a God that created the universe that redeems us and sustains us, knowing that, and our faith tells us that God hears our prayers because God knows what we need even before we ask, and so when we ask, God is ready to listen no matter what. So as we pray this week, as we take this piece of paper and as we pray over it, we can pray with boldness. We can pray with confidence. We can pray with the assurance that God is listening to us. Because when we pray, God is listening. But let's take it one step further. When we pray, Let's do as the choir said. Let's hush and listen ourselves. Because in the quiet, in that moment, after we've prayed intently that prayer, asking that impossible ask, knowing that God is listening, in that impossible moment, in the quiet, we have the confidence and the assurance that God is listening, but we also begin to hear the guidance. Because God begins to speak to us. God begins to call us. God begins to show us the solutions. God begins to show us how we can step forward from where we are stuck. God takes the things of our hearts, shows us the possibilities, and shows us how each and every one of us can be the church active in the world, the hands and feet of Christ, to make solutions happen, to lead good meetings, to find hope for the future. to make a difference in our community. But that happens when we pray 
as Jesus prayed. That happens when we name what we're praying for. That happens when we pray that intently, when we give that bold ask, and when we know that God is listening. That happens in that moment, in that silence, when we finish talking and God speaks back to us, we have the assurance that God is carrying us forward in ministry. And the problems of our world can be fixed because we are people of faith striving to live that faith. So my prayer for us this week, my prayer for us this week is that we pray over this card, this slip of paper, and we ask God to show us the way and that we raise our hands and we go forth serving God as he calls us to. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. We hope that you'll consider joining us for worship on Wednesday evenings at 7 o'clock or Sunday mornings at 8.30, 9, or 11. Have a blessed day.